Monte Cornovich. Alyssa got a nice little package on her head. Sure do. What do you say? I uh, said you got a nice little package on you, bitch. What do you I'm a bird watcher, honey. <laughs> there ain't no male gendered anything around me that does not get scoped for a second, bitch. <laughs> I am a bird watcher. At this point, we are on a whole nother level of auntie energy, bitch. And you know aunties, we're here to talk a little shit, give a little advice, give you a hug if you need it. And we're going to have some fun because we're trying to get to heaven, bitch. <laughs> Baby, I was watching the bird today. The owl was poking out the tree, hunting top of some hoo hoo. Owls, woodpeckers, bitch, just oh, everything. No. This bitch is That's a woodpecker. What do you mean by that? Okay, we're talking about being bird watchers. <laughs> what? What is that lingo? What is that? Bird watching means you, you watching bird? the boys' birds, girl. Gray sweatpants. The, bird, the birds. Yeah, and then you gotta, oh. you gotta look for them. Like, yeah, yeah, we go, we watching birds, girl. Not okay. like. Two cans My and... My favorite bird to watch hey. is an ostrich, bitch. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh a long neck. Yeah. <laughs> and a big body. <laughs> and a woo-woo, and a woo-woo there. <laughs> Here a woo, there a woo, every barrel woo-woo. That's right. Every Freudian slip. Anti-corner. We have an anti-corner on season 14. I am so proud to see it. I think it's, you know, it, it is, I think we talked about this a bit in one of the episodes of this season, but uh, it is definitely giving the Monet, Monique, Asia, O'Hara vibes of season 10 of just like, oh, we'll look at the three of you. Mm, yeah. It's like, which one was it? Holland, where the parents all kind of meet in the middle of the workroom mm -hmm. and they're all talking to each other. In half drag. Um, yeah. Yes. In, in ha in just like these aunties. Yeah. Um, this is this is gold. This little lightning in a bottle clip. I, I just also love that it's so gay. Oh, I mean, this is such a I and I know this this you know transcends uh, all walks of life. But as sure. Corbreb says, I love the concept of gray sweatpants season. Yes, and certainly. I think from the gay lens, I mean, you know, our our heterosexual counterparts might be checking out boobs and butts and all those other things that people with boobs and butts have. But there is something like. There is a, a a silent gay whistle tone that that we hear when it comes to gay sweatpants season, and it's a great equalizer. Who doesn't love gray sweatpants season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, fashionistas are probably like, ugh, gray sweatpants. What do they call them in the fashion world? They call them joggers, I think. Oh, Although sure. joggers. Yeah, I asked this question once on Instagram. Joggers are very specific than sweatpants, but yeah, whatever. I think neither I think here nor there. Yeah, when I think of joggers, I think of the Adidas snap pants. Oh, oh, okay. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, Mary's chime in. We still don't know what joggers means, but uh, or we still are unsure, um, I should say. But this, it's gray sweatpants season mixed with mesh shorts. <gasps> oh, basketball shorts. Oh, my God. Oh, slam dunk. There's just a lot going on down there. But, you know, I just love this. You know, she's like, yeah, I'm going to scope. I'm going to scope. Um, the the idea that it's also called Birdwatching Corner, that the old aunties, and I say old in quotes, are the ones to kind of be talking about this. I just, I love this concept. I also love that it is these three that are talking a little shit, giving a little advice, giving you a hug if you need it, and having some fun. I, that to me is 
really what should be happening on these seasons. I mean, put it on a tote bag, girl. We're going to have some fun because we're trying to get to heaven, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like things church camp counselors say. I just like, (laughs) we're going to have some fun because we're trying to get to heaven, bitch. I'm going to sit at the welcome table. Yeah, Think exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, I just, I, I love the energy of it. And then, of course, I love, you know, this uh, this dowager countess, Lady Camden, coming in. Mm. Oh, what's this bird watching? It's basically <laughs> Bendela Creme from season six Snatch Game comes in. Oh, this bird watching you're talking about. I just, I love that her, like... It, like it, her crinoline is going to get all a mess when she learns what bird watching means. Yes, but then they educate her and then she's laughing with them. And it's, it's this beautiful yeah. little like, oh, no, come on. It doesn't matter that you don't know. We'll tell you all about it. Yeah, we'll we'll point out the birds. Don't worry. I'll show you an owl when I see one. And I mean, it also is just <laughs> worth mentioning within all of this. Uh, I love this episode. The the supporting role that Lady Camden plays this episode is kind of fabulous she gives us a little bit of commentary great kind of ensemble performance otherwise Mm. does great the challenge great on the runway lady camden has a great supporting performance this episode i'm gonna just put in my nomination as well for bosco which we'll get to bosco is not featured in this clip of the week but in terms of just commentary plus just being a part of the ensemble, an important part of the ensemble, I think is is great, this episode with Bosco. But again, you know, similar to last week with this clip of the week, we're getting some vintage drag race back. They're showing some moments that don't feel shoehorned in. We're getting just a little bit more of, you know, drag queens b- backstage before they go on. I don't feel like there's a producer off camera going, Hey, what if you what if you ladies talked about bird watching right now? Talk and about then, Alyssa's penis. <laughs> right, right. Now spin that into an organic conversation. <laughs> so, have any of you ladies done any bird watching? You know, I, I just, I yeah, this felt like they had actually captured real, real like workroom banter. And you know, it also feels like maybe they're deciding to show it now because it does help us like these queens more. You know. Well, I mean, I think what that makes me think about is even coming down to the critique of Alyssa this week, I I was thinking about how RuPaul's advice feels like like saying, like we've heard this before, of course, about like your vulnerability is what makes us fall in love with you. But I think there is there's something to be said about the evolution over time of RuPaul giving you advice to be a better drag queen out in the world to giving you better advice to win drag race. You know what I mean? Like, instead of like, these are skills you're going to like, like what Tyra does, like, these are skills you're going to need when you're out there in the real world. I feel like there was some of that sentiment towards the beginning, but like RuPaul, like obviously saying like, got to make me fucking laugh and all that is like, I love seeing the additional chicken nuggets that RuPaul is dropping to these queens of how to win this competition. And it just felt very clear this week with Alyssa. Yeah, with Alyssa, she she does it with cornbread as well. Just like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just want this for you. I want this for you. She does that with Carrie Colby. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you can't, you, you gotta just kind of let it go a little bit. Um, it is interesting, though, right? Because I think a critique from a viewer standpoint is, why are the judges critiquing who these queens are and not their looks, not their performance? Why don't they keep it 
kind of a little bit more on the objective, subjective side. To like just what they did that week and the challenge and yeah. how they look on the mm-hmm. runway. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, we'll get to it with cornbreads, but like the idea of like, okay, well now the healing starts in this, Ugh. you know, televised mm-hmm. reality TV competition <laughs> um, in a pressure cooker where you work for like 18 hours a day and you're overly air conditioned and underfed. Yeah. this Now the healing begins, you know, I mean, it's so like now is not the time now is not the place this is like eating on the subway you just don't do it and so i i do think yeah there's something there's a little bit more reality tv than competition this week i think i yes totally agree you know not to we're going to put a pin in this but I think one of the big takeaways from this week is just a reminder that this is definitely a reality show, that this is definitely produced, this is definitely other things are going on that are just not a fair competition, quote unquote fair. And it doesn't matter sometimes that it's not fair because we get these lovely little moments like bird watching in the work in the workroom, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I loved it. I think I mean this scene, I, I could say about this scene what I could say about this entire episode. I was like, A plus, four and a half, maybe five stars, but definitely four and a half stars. Amazing episode, amazing yeah. challenge. Yes. Like, suddenly one of my favorite challenges. I think it is the 2.0 of the lip sync extravaganza. I think it is brilliant. Uh, I, I love so it. So well done. Yes. Like, the first, so well done. Go ahead. I was going to say, just the first time I watched this after the first you know, super teaser ended. I was like, holy shit, this show is good. Like, ah, it has not gotten tired in the 14th season. No, there's a resurgence of energy, a resurgence of just kind of smart editing that is less, um, less targeted. It seems like there's just a, a different, a different perspective going on in terms of the editors. But I will say this. It's interesting that we are covering season three on uh, our Patreon right now because we were just talking about Queens in Space and how successful that challenge was Mm -hmm. because it was a teaser, because it was heavily edited. It wasn't this like long drawn out script that was really boring or like an improvised scene that was kind of boring, right? There weren't like lots of lines for them to to memorize it was just cut the fuck up like a episode of unha absolutely absolutely that's exactly what this felt like was taking a cue from unha of like oh <laughs> and from season three because uh, you know doing doing a, a challenge like this i mean if i could put another nomination in for bsa of the week the editors of these super teasers because it it's the editing it i mean the performances are great but like they there are so many moments that we saw the rehearsal of and then we saw the final product of and it was like, wow, you got like straw into gold babies. And and there were some like there was some gold already delivered. But it, I think it's also worth remembering that this challenge was great. The queens were great. But this challenge was a very entertaining challenge. This was a well-edited episode of television. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. The other thing about this challenge, because, you know, obviously there was the untucked lip-syncing that we had in season five that this kind of reminded us of, because they were basically doing impressions of past untucks, right? Right, Essentially. right, right, basically, but, yeah. But what I think was successful about the challenge as a whole is that 
the the reference of the challenge was something we got, something that we saw, and it was self-referential. So it was it wasn't like an obscure 1980s commercial. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a you know what I mean? Like it wasn't some sort of specific you know, sell this product challenge. It was something very kind of fresh, something that we could just go and compare a real one to. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I saw on, on online, somebody said like, after watching the teaser, I would watch that season of Drag Race. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I think what I love about this is that this challenge is is Drag Race reading itself in so many mm. ways of like, oh, yeah. you know, ugly crying and unconvincing apologies and, you know, like just, you know, ridiculous kind of drama and personalities and like, and, and it's, I think what's really interesting is not only is it Drag Race reading itself in the edit, but it is asking the queens, okay, now read yourself. Yeah. And I thought the challenge of how do you do a satirical version of yourself is like what a war with your ego. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, <clears throat> I'm afraid to even think about what I would have to do because I just, it, I wouldn't want anyone to tell me what the satirical version of myself is. By the way. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll just delete that note. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? This also, this challenge also sort of reminded me, in that same way of taking the piss out of yourself, it reminded me of the political challenge from season eight. Yes, of like you're playing, you know, or the political challenge of season 12, the debates, um, where you're playing this like heightened version of this heightened satirical version of something where it's like, oh, I know what you're being right now. I know who that's supposed to be. Yes, right. And with season eight, it was themselves similar to this one. And, you know, Jasmine, I think, was the first one that this episode showed of, oh, let's 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 poke fun at this fight that we just had, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was really smart. You know, the other thing I wanted to just mention to kind of bring it back to this clip of the week so we can move on is because this challenge was so heavily edited and it wasn't this like seven minute scene we were able to have more workroom moments. Yeah, I think uh, this we I think we talked about this with like uh, Drag Race Italia, where the the way that it was edited is you would see the rehearsals or the filming of something in a way that did not feel repetitive once you saw the final product. And with this, I felt like okay, we saw a lot of you know you know we saw a lot of rehearsal, but then I didn't feel like we were retreading the same thing over again. It was it was totally yes. fresh. And I wrote that down. I wrote I was like, this is not boring because, you know, we've seen that before. It's it gets kind of boring because you're like, Ugh, we just saw them rehearse for this. Right. Right. And and in, it, we saw it not going well in the rehearsal. Now we're seeing it mm. not go well in the final product. Surprise. Uh-huh. Surprise. Yeah. Right. I right. mean, the other thing is also like the. You know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more with the, when we get to the final product. But like the benefit of having a heavily edited super teaser is like the same benefit they have of 14 chocolate bars. It's like they get to make a lot of decisions that are out of the queen's hands. Oh, and I can't wait to talk about that because there are some queens that I'm like, really, she wasn't in the bottom. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there was one that I I had to really come around on because at first watch, I was like, oh, she's going home this week. Yeah, she's Mm. definitely going home this week. And she did not. Yeah, she didn't. Uh, You're not talking about Maddie. Uh, No, Maddie was uh, Sherry Pie to this episode. She was barely in it. 
they yeah they kind of cut her out of that final product um but anyway bird watching is is how we're starting this podcast i couldn't be happier i just thought this was so funny and relatable right like oh, yes. i feel i feel like such a pervert like i but I'm glad somebody sang it because it's like, well, I do do that. Like, I, of course I check it out. Like, I look, you know, and except in a locker room. You're not supposed to do it in a locker room. Well, yeah, or it's just like the fear of death if you look, in, you know, in the locker room. But I think that if maybe this is, you know, maybe this is a problematic point of view. But if you're going to walk around in gray sweatpants with your beak poking out, I don't I don't know what me to tell you, Miss Merle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Well, the thing is, is uh, I wonder, there's always that, that age-old question. It's not an age-old question. Do men notice when people are looking at their package? Like, I don't even think that that registers for them. Sure, right? Like, also like it does that. with women. Because women, you know, they'll walk into anywhere and men are staring at their tatas, right? Like, I just yeah. think there's a, it's a different experience when it is... Uh, some like a man, not an, a marginalized or targeted person, you know? Yeah, you're not made aware of it as much. And, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I just like to believe that there's a brazen sense of like, yeah, I want you to see my beak, you know? I'm like, okay. Sure. Okay. Why well, don't gay, gay men wear their bathing suits like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can tell if a guy's circumcised just by looking at his bathing suit. <laughs> It's like, I see you have a scarf on. Oh, I see you have a hood on, you know? <laughs> uh, when he's getting out of the pool, when he's getting into the pool. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, Mary, let's let's leave the park from the bird watching. Yeah. And let's talk about this super tease. Um, we kind of start the episode with some all New York girls cry when they don't win drama. Thank you, Heidi and Closet. Yeah, right. We got, I mean, it was, uh, it was safe Jan dressed as Michelle Visage as a flight attendant. It was milk <laughs> crying in all stars three. Ugh. Yeah. These, you know, these New York girls are not as tough as, uh, as they want to put on. Uh, God. And, and of course I, what I love about Jasmine, which is so relatable, I hate being the crying one, you know? Oh yeah, of course. It's like, you know, I think maybe we talked about this during our last season three episode, but like, who would we be if we were on one of these shows? And it's like, I wish I would love to believe that I'd be a likable energy and people would, you know, might even vote me Miss Congeniality, but I would be mm. awful. I'd be oh, yeah. so no, awful. You'd be terrible. Yeah. No, you'd be Ugh. a monster. Yeah. I'd be a monster. Um, so, but so then here's a question because Bosco, God, I just think Bosco's energy is so fucking phenomenal in these talking heads. She's like, yeah, you know, we all cry at inopportune times. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, Jasmine's not really crying because she lost. Why is Jasmine crying? Is she just I, tired already? I mean, you know, I I think the tell to me was when then she was talking to Deja. And she's like, I've just been working so hard for this. And Deja's like, we all have, girl. And I think... <laughs> You know, I think maybe D Jasmine needs to kind of like step – maybe in the moment it was like everything was about winning this challenge. And if mm. I don't win this challenge, all the chips are down. But like so many queens will tell you that being safe on the second week, girl – like as Cornbread said to Georges, like if you want to switch places with me, if you feel so bad, let me know. But uh, they've seen something in you. They're ready to see more from you. Just be happy with that, you know? 
Totally. I feel like we could write an essay called The Miseducation of Jasmine Kennedy. Oh, yes. Well, you know, Jasmine Kennedy, infamously the older sister in college on a swimming scholarship. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, she's learned a few bad habits in freshman year. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, luckily this episode, we she 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 takes like psych 101 and Miss Bread just decides oh. to discipline her professor her that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> professor, professor Brebs. Brebs. well i just i love the nuance of bosco later in the episode being like calling her miss bread i just oh, I didn't love hear that. that i love that oh my god it was so good because uh what does she say she says um oh uh i'm gonna find it um yeah i, I can't find it but right. she refers to her as i wanted the great quote um of her talking to her. But, oh, it, here it is. You and Miss Bread had a little bit of an intense start, but I do think uh-huh. by the end of it, both of you had figured out how to work together. I remember you that, and yes. Bread. yes. You and Miss Bread. Um, <laughs> Brebs, but no big deal. I, You know, I, and, and we can talk about this as it goes on, maybe a bit more into nuance, but uh, I found that this week, and I wonder if this resonated for you, we've, we've had a couple of, um, inklings of RuPaul Charles Junior High, and this week oh. she came to me like a bus, like a big old yellow school bus. I was like, "Oh, schools in session, Marys." I see yeah, a lot diabetes. of teachers. She's she's waiting on the corner, helping the kids cross the street as they oh, get off the bus. <laughs> Diabetti is the crossing guard this year. Absolutely, she has Tina Burner's folding chair oh that metal chair with the nylon straps you know i you know i i put a post on instagram about it but drag race parallels here um there's two teaching styles that we've seen on drag race um teaching kind of the younger generation how to listen and in season seven it was trixie very very stern with viola tchotchke um she says you know, if you're talking, you're not what? Listening, right? And it's very kind of condescending and rude. Whereas this teaching style of Miss Bread, it's it's firm but gentle. And she's looking her straight in the eye, and it's just very calm. It's a it's like a stream of consciousness, like, oh, you're not gonna win. Nope, nope, I'm gonna keep correcting the behavior. Nope, not yet. Okay, here's my point. And it was just so cool to see her i don't know i if i was in that room and somebody was talking to me like that i'd be like shut the fuck up bitch how crazy would it be if you learned how to be quiet (laughs) for example (laughs) because let's not forget there's a third teaching style (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you very much there is uh miss (laughs) miss colby yeah yeah (laughs) Miss Colby, not not to be confused with Tasha Colby. Tasha Colby. Tasha Colby. Yeah. I am helping my girl Carrie out because she is the daughter of Tasha Colby. Tasha Colby. Tasha Colby. Yeah, Sasha Colby used to work at the school, and now her daughter is is there. She took over for mm-hmm. her. Well, uh, they have teaches. a they have a picture. They have a picture of her in the in the glass case. That's right. It's an eight by ten of Sasha. Colby. Oh, it's an eight by ten of Sasha Colby. There is an <laughs> yeah. empty frame for Shauna Book Brooks. They still haven't found that picture. So if anybody, yeah, oh, so you got any tips? God. Let me know. Yeah, <laughs> send them all home. Send them um, all home. So, yeah. so, uh, but I do love kind of what 
cornbread does in this moment because it also feels like she is trying to help i think later we we see that it's it's a little bit more that she is absolutely annoyed miss bread her discipline kind of bubbles over and and it becomes almost personal um micromanaging if you will um yeah i i think cornbread's it at first in this first you know scenario it is so She's yeah, she is totally, you know, winning this conversation and she's handling it perfectly. And it does seem later like then, you know, it, it's essentially the death becomes her. Could you breathe less with Jasmine? <laughs> I mean, it goes to that place. Um, I do want to just mention in terms of uh, could you not breathe. Could you not breathe? <laughs> uh, I uh, I do think that whatever Cornbrebs does at the school. Obviously, there's lunch lady energy. I also think she is clearly the speech and debate coach. Um, mm. She probably does yes. SAT prep. Let's be real. Um, you know, but there's also a special ed kind of parrot energy to cornbread because she's consistently watching Jasmine. And when they're working in the group later, you know, she actually interrupts Miss Colby while Miss Colby is talking. And she's like, no, pause, sis. If you're writing, then you're not listening. And she immediately goes to kind of micromanaging Jasmine in that moment. And I was kind of like, Bosco's impression was hilarious. Like, I see you breathing and it's taking it's taking a lot of room. But I was kind of with Camden. Camden was like, Ugh. it seemed like at this point, Cornbread was going a little bit too far. It was like, look, the social dynamic is now interrupting the flow of the conversation. Like leave her alone. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I realize you want to make this a teaching moment, but um, you know, uh, it seemed like it was personal at that point. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. almost to help Jasmine. It was because Cornbread was a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like Jasmine was probably not. It was probably completely innocuous that she was writing in that notebook. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, right. I do have some thoughts on other lunch ladies of Drag Race, but I'm going to save that for nuance. Um, okay. Can but... we talk about the the kid in the front of the class, Bosco, who reminds Miss Brad that they had homework later? That... that smug look on her face. Oh, my God. The smug grin. And I, I, I loved it. I was living for this energy, just standing behind her. Oh, my God. It was so brilliant. Just you put that on a tote bag, right? Mm-hmm. But it also brought up, who does Bosco look like? I feel like we need like a sound effect. Who does Bosco look like? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I gotta say, I was getting Amanda Siegfried. I call her Siegfried. I know it's Seyfried. Uh, I'm getting Amanda Seyfried mixed with Cassie from Euphoria. She's also the the that like little white brat from White Lotus. Uh huh. Yeah, I know her. I forget her name. Um, but Olivia I just something. feel okay, and I believe you. And I just feel like that's what I was getting in this workroom, mixed with like a Judy Greer. Absolutely, there is there is big Judy Greer energy. She looks like she Bosco looks like a character Judy Greer would play in like two thousand four. You know, uh, um, uh, with that choker. Ah, uh. yeah, of course, of course. Now, also, like obviously, you know, in that one little screen grab of her looking all smug with that wig. <laughs> I have to say, I was getting a little bit of L of a day, and it's like, is it mm. time to open the who does L of a day look like bracket? And for anyone who was not a Matreon and did not follow along for Drag Race UK season three, that was an 
epic, an epic discussion all season of who Ella Fade looked like in drag and out of drag resulted in a bracket, a full episode on this. And Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember Sherry O'Terry was a, a big contender. Mm hmm. Yeah, there was, oh, there was Sherry O'Terry, there was Gillian Anderson, there was mm. Jackman, there was Alan oh, Cumming. That's um, right, Jonathan Bennett. Jonathan mm. Bennett. There was a mm. surprise Laurie Metcalf. There was a lot in there. It's the reason to rewatch season three. Bosco is just giving me um, an energy that I love uh, in, in those confessionals in the workroom. Um, the one from left field that I feel like most of our Marys don't know. Maybe we can post it on Patreon or something. But if you put that screenshot of her standing behind cornbread next to your cat Marco, there is a similarity. Oh, I are they? They're both a little scoopy. Oh, I love yeah, a that ferny. idea. Uh -huh. a little ferny, yeah. very ferny. Oh, very ferny. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I love the idea of that. Marco, I'm looking at him. Oh, he, well, he feels very represented. Um, he said, in the words of Bosco, it's so good. <laughs> I don't have the abbreviated sound clip of that. I only have the longer one. We're going to play it anyway. <laughs> I, I look over and Gary has like four handkerchiefs sewn together. You keep on modeling that bolt of fabric wrapped around your waist, baby. Let me tell you something, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and like any other girl would be like, but Miss Carrie's just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so good. It brings me so much joy. It's so good. It's uh, so we've, good. We, we get the teams for the super teaser. I love how it's like, you teams are going to go up against each other. And then in true Drag Race fashion, it's like, well... It's whoever does well, you know, it's yeah. not teams anymore. Yeah, it's so it really always, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, yeah, we reserve you know, the right matter. to judge you however we want. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the Marys pointed out that you can hear uh, Jasmine pronounces Orion's name, um, Orion, in this in this little clip when she's, uh, you know, she she or Orion gets picked first. Uh, before Jasmine. And she goes, all right, Orion. <laughs> yeah, that comes up again in Untucked where they finally yeah, call her out right, for it. Yeah, right, right. And uh, she says, well, I guess that just proves I'm not listening. So uh, at least she's on to herself. I think, you know, not for nothing, I just, while we're talking about teachers and we don't have to go any deeper than this, but I just have a feeling Jasmine might teach math. Just going to put it out there. Okay. All right. I, we, will, we will discuss what a math teacher really is um, yeah. later. Um, yes, so we get some really cute little nuances of Angie in uh, the workroom later talking about not being an actor. Well, she's not an actor yet. Um, and queening out over how funny Maddie is. Did you notice that? Yes, I, I do want to just uh, one thing on that note. Just I love Angie's quote of just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you can't do it. You just haven't done it yet. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, you're going to fucking win this thing, Angie, if you keep saying shit like that. You're going to fucking win this thing. You're saying it better than RuPaul says it. You and Darian Lake are better than RuPaul at this. Have you two host it. Send them all home. Uh, and then, yes, the queening out on Maddie, like, because I, and I think it was also Daya who was like, Maddie has some amazing ideas. And I was like, like the meaty tuck jokes? And I'm just, all I'm saying is we've heard them before. I don't know if they were amazing. I will say, 
I think Maddie was edited out a lot in this episode, but the sense that I got, especially from Untucked, is a lot of the ideas in their final mm. product were from Maddie. And so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and say that like she had a lot to contribute this week, even if it wasn't in the episode itself. Totally. And there's just even the nuance of how Maddie is sitting in almost every shot during the teasers. She is, she's doing the, the, the man spread. Yeah. And I don't think that, I think that's on purpose, right? Like you have to notice those things. I think of Maddie course. is very aware. Very well, it's, aware. It's interesting that there was an extended version of the like, you know, making fun of being straight and having two gay dads and all that stuff. And then mm. most of that or half of all that got cut from the final product. And I think I, I feel like even if we didn't see it, I love that that was like the obvious place to go of like and to find other jokes like the entrance and like the dancing queen is here. I thought that was it was smart to not just have straight jokes, but also like, and I'm not a dancer jokes, which I guess you could mm. say there's a Venn diagram there. But um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Maddie was an interesting one this week. I think I had seen also on Reddit that this was not the actual JLo look she wanted to go with for the runway. And uh, oh. apparently she wanted to. And so I think I could be wrong. Do not write me letters unless it's agreeing with me that she wanted to do a look from the cell. And that kind of made me love her a little bit more, you know? So I'm trying to, like, give some roses to Maddie because I was real harsh on her last week. I'm already in. Oh, my God, I love the cell. But you know what? I got to I gotta give it to her in that white look, you know, jumping just a little bit of a head. Um, she was serving Angelica Houston. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is not wrong. This is absolutely not wrong. Yeah, there, it, she was somebody. I, I knew this girl. Um, yeah. I think, you know, the energy on the runway was still a little like, uh, well, you know, hey, guys, it was like, who could be less enthusiastic on the runway, you or Orion? But, you know, Ouch. the look was great. Hey, I, you know, I calls him, I sees him. Somebody, somebody. Yeah. Um, all right. Somebody will get that. Uh <laughs> yeah. There's still that one Mary who's going to get that joke. Uh, hopefully. Um, so Michelle and Carson are helping them out. They're directing these teasers. I just big shout out to Carson's pink loafers and Michelle's bell bottom jeans. Oh, she's bringing back her season three dungarees. When Michelle mm. directs something, she puts on her jeans. Ugh, they just looked impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that'd be a, that'd be a fun episode. The jeans of drag race. <laughs> Would it be fun? I don't know. A Norma. <laughs> oh, a Norma. Okay. A Norma. Um, the, the, the runway from season two. I think there's some denim to talk about. Wasn't sure, there a whole denim. denim runway in season 10? Yeah. yeah, there was. Absolutely. All right. So, um, all right. I, I want to praise Daya. This, this line, every single time I laughed, the I'm straight too. Oh yeah. I, that was great. I, it was so good. Every time, every now, time. My question is, and maybe it just got cut, but I would have assumed that Daya would lean into people thinking she's Crystal Method. Like, that would be the joke I'd lean into, is I would look just like Crystal, I would sound just like her, which she already does, and just lean into that. I'd have a mullet, and then it'd be mm. like, no, guys, I'm diabetic, you know? Uh, so I don't know if that was ever in here, but we never saw any of that. Interesting. Yeah, um... I mean, maybe she went with what the group was saying was funny, you know, uh, Maddie kind of 
Call the shots, maybe? Yeah, typical. Let the straight guy call the shots, you know? Um, Bosco's character <laughs> I loved. I loved the slutty character. Uh, the Her line of, that's a lot coming from a filler queen, and I'm not talking about your face. She she had so many one lines in this episode that I, I just don't think I, I feel like why was she in the bottom? She was so funny. Uh, Bosco. Yeah. Bosco wasn't in the bottom, though. No, I'm sorry. Safe. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, I I think that brings up that there were some the way that some of these queens approach this is like some kind of amped up the volume to 27 and i think it was actually more impressive the ones who kind of kept the volume you know at a lower level and just like toggled with it a little bit and i feel like bosco was really good at like knowing when to only turn it up a few degrees like i think there's in the final product she says something about like having a body like string cheese and like she doesn't punch the punchline too hard and i think Mm -hmm. that could come off as kind of flat but i think she just knows that that like Parker Posey kind of tone. Um, I think, <laughs> yes. you know, to to be honest, not to jump the gun too much, but I um I thought Deja was gonna be in trouble this week. Even if even though she had some of the funniest moments, I thought there were other moments they could have edited as being low energy, especially with the Angeria scene. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. There they focused on that one delivery of how you know, as a young child, she, what, what did she say? She didn't have any hair. Um, oh, those, yeah. I was born at a lines. very young age. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is so clever. It's so The funny. first years I, of my life, I couldn't even walk. It was right. very funny. No, I mean, at the end, like, I thought Dio was actually, like, Deja was actually really funny. And I loved um, the fact that she, she, you know, was the cow at one point. Like, she did so many oh. things in the challenge. But it felt to me that in an episode that had some other interesting editing choices, um, if they wanted to send Deja home this week, they easily could have just edited her being kind of low energy against Angeria and said, oh, you need to meet her where she's at, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know we're jumping around, but I think it's it's worth kind of focusing on Deja right now because there was – and we'll put a pin in this, but I think putting her in the top was also – also the show kind of saying something because one of her critiques was we love that you took the inspiration of JLo and then like did something else with it versus giving us an exact replica. So put a pin in that. But I do think that it was kind of purposeful to put her in the top for, for that very reason. So yeah, maybe, maybe she should have been safe or lower in the bottom, but they were like, Nope, we'll just, we're going to find her great moments because of what she did on the runway. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, Deja spoiler alert. I think it's very possible that she could be the principal this year. You know, she could Mm. be the new acting principal. Um, Mm. I think in particular when they're doing kind of the brainstorming at the table and Alyssa's kind of coming up with, uh, not so great ideas. And then Deja says, you know, how about we come back to that? And she's got that little bucket hat on with the ears. And I just thought this is principal <laughs> sky on funny hat day, you know, not even looking up and just going, mm, how about we come back to that? I, I just love the energy. So I'm happy to see Deja go through. I just, I was worried about her. The skies were a bit cloudy this week for me. Oh, Deja. No, she's, she's, she's a, she's a goose. I yeah. Could, I could just, just call it now. Um, 
I, you know, I don't think we need to necessarily focus on the filming anymore because we can kind of talk about the performances when we get there. Uh, yeah, the only but, thing I'll just ask is, did I, because I'm so happy if we don't make these references, we lose them. Did you did you get Carson's reference of uh, uh, Helen Lawson? Lawson. Uh, oh, Mary. I was just like, uh, thank you. I don't <laughs> explain it. Don't tell them what it is. No. He if didn't gonna, even. If you're gonna stand yeah. there in fake titties and and a, and a dress, then you should know who Helen Lawson is. You should have you, that bathroom scene imprinted on your brain. I'm not trying to be one of those gays telling you what you should know, but you should know that. But do you think that they did get it? No, it kind of went over their head. I think maybe like some of them got it. You know, I mean, like I think Willow got it. Well, and I was just gonna say, well, what's interesting is the queen in the room who says, "Have you all seen Drop Dead Gorgeous?" I was like. Uh. Oh no! Oh, give her the crown. It's over. It's over. It was twenty years ago. It was tr- over twenty years ago. And that, that that's her reference out. point. That they, where it's like, oh, I know what to do. Let's think of Drop Dead Gorgeous. I was like, that's exactly what you should do with a dash <laughs> of Helen Lawson. I just Willow is. Uh, I mean, I hate to call it so early, but like, I'm feeling things for a lot of queens, but like Willow, it, like every fucking box, she just keeps checking. Oh, I know. And Jill Biden just named the new White House cat after her. How do you like that? How do you like that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, God. You know, I could just hear her, you know, in the West Wing going, Willow, come here, Willow. Willow. Come here, Willow. You know, a Willow cat. A Willow cat. <laughs> Willow Biden. Well, I guess Biden doesn't really change. <laughs> Willow, Willow Biden. Biden. Willow Biden. <laughs> it's just Willow Biden. Oh, Willow Biden. Oh, God. Uh, maybe that's what she calls uh, Joe's penis. That's what Will Jill Biden. calls Joe's penis. Yeah, Will Biden. Is Will Biden want to come out to play, Joe? Get up, Willow Biden. Come on, Will Biden. <laughs> come on, Mama. Let come us on, Mom. see. Let us see. <laughs> uh, so, so, Mary, uh, I... I we have some workroom moments. The one that I just think is interesting that kind of it was kind of like ping 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 ping. Alyssa's dad can get it. Oh Jesus Christ, Alyssa's hot gay dad. Oh my god. And you know what's interesting? He got hotter the older he got. So I was like, okay, oh, he I came know. out somewhere between that first picture and the uh. glasses and then the older picture in the sunglasses with the red tints and I was like, this man I would let him lose his watch in me. He is so cute. And I just, that, I would, yeah, I, I agree completely. I was like, hello, Mr. Hunter. I'm a deer. Skin me, splay me, stuff me, mount me, gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. Uh, Maybe it's just me being a thirsty hoe, but I was very into that little story that came out. Mr. Hunter. Yes, Mr. Hunter. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He is. That was a lot. That was, that was extra. (laughs) I didn't know I was going to get that. uh, I also wanted to just praise world of wonder to pitch in and buy a JLo cameo for the Queens of season 14. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, that they've got the budget for it this year. There are a couple of Emmys yet JLo. I mean, I, I, I feel like the edit of this is that you just cut to Carmen Carrera and snatch game. But oh. I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a live interaction, and I don't know when they decided to put the little, the little text at the bottom of the screen about our new movie. Oh, marry me, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I am. I do want to see Marry Me. Uh, really, not because I want to see that movie, but because I want to see any movie Jennifer Lopez is in. Yeah, I still have to watch that Second Chances movie that you told me about. It's, oh, my God. It's Second Act, not Second Chances. Second Act, Second Chances, you know, Leah Remini's the Leah best Leah Remini's friend. in it. Oh, yeah. my God. I'll and find it, yeah. V- Milo Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia. Oh, He's in it yeah, too, so. I love him. Ugh, I, I let him love ventilate him. me. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> you know. uh, Mary, so... Lonnie Love is back. She's been here since season 13. We love to love Lonnie Love. Um, I I wanted to just, I don't know, maybe we could talk about the looks on Nuance a little bit if you want. I just wanted to say I love all of these looks. I think they were all well done. And, you know, the queens are definitely coming prepared. It seems like they're just leaning on the designers, leaning on some money to afford these looks, and I feel like it's starting to take the fun out of it. Yeah, I um, I think there's there's two good examples here, I think, of what you're talking about. Because I, for me, I feel like Jasmine Kennedy is a good example. She came out, it looked great, it was a beautiful mm. dress, but everything about that to me read as you are modeling a really beautiful dress you paid for. And mm. I'm... I'm I'm just not seeing your connection to this dress other than your ability to afford it. And if it turned out she made it, then use another example because it's not just Jasmine. But then, and again, and I don't know who made or is responsible for this look, but then I look at Willow Pill and it's like, it. I love that there was, an, there was a whole concept around it. It was like, yeah, it's just a dress, but it is this wonderful example of ugly 90s fashion. Mm. And she's kind of, there's a narrative here. There's like a specific idea versus let me just choose something that looks pretty. And I think that goes hand in hand with let me get a designer to make it. And it's not as exciting as somebody who, you know, yeah, to your point about Deja, who at least takes a look and then reinterprets it and gives us something original. Totally. I just, it, it, nothing really stood out to me, if I'm being honest. And that was like the ball challenge. Nothing really stood out because it all sort of started to look like the same. And with this JLo challenge, I, I don't, I don't care. Like I didn't care last season that it was a Bob Mackie and I don't care this season that it was an actual Versace dress. Like I don't care. Wow me. Like, be bigger, be more drag. And again, that is very subjective because I know people, like, get fashion and they love fashion. But I'm probably not going to remember a dress because of all of the details that a camera shot that showed me, showed it for 15 seconds showed me. You know, like, I'm not going to notice all of that stuff as just, like, a regular uh, viewer. I need something bigger. What do you if if the model is you know night of a thousand blanks you know we've had Madonnas we've had Gagas we've had J Lo's who who do you think at this point would be an exciting night of a thousand choice? Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, Shelly Winters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It works, yeah. Shelly Long and night of a thousand Shellys is actually fine. Oh, um, okay, okay, sure. Yeah, night of a thousand um, Barbaras. You know, there's also that sure. of like broaden the category so it's like 
I have been kind of noodling this episode for in the details or a series I'm going to do called Eight Great Barbaras. And it's just a little feature about an actress named Barbara and like something she's in that's great. And mm. but it opens it up to be it could be Barbara Stanwyck. It could be Barbara Streisand. It could be Barbara. Barbara Hershey. Barbara Hershey. Barbara Harris, you know, and all <laughs> of those move things into a whole new territory, you know, Um so that's what I, I mean. That's what I like. To I see. mean, I, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, Night of a Thousand Corpses, Night mm-hmm. of a Thousand Witches, Night of, you know what I mean? Like, yep. get something that doesn't have to be or doesn't tempt the queens to do something exact. I think that's why the Madonna challenge like failed twice mm-hmm. because they all picked kind of the same things right it and Mm -hmm. it it got too exact they they didn't read i have to interpret this you know a thousand monsters mary it makes sense to me uh good luck with all these monsters mary (laughs) thank you lopez um but you know uh it make but i would i understand why queens do that because i could understand feeling like the objective here is you find a look and then you make sure that when you come out on stage, the judges can see the interpretation and see the inspiration. Right. So it makes sense right. to me. To, and like most of them do just like the direct, you know, version of that. And so I think, yeah, making it something, you know, night of a, uh, old Hollywood stars. And so you could mm-hmm. do anything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As long as you're getting that, like, you know, old Hollywood glamour. I will say, I, granted, I'm I don't know. I don't know. I'm making an assumption here. But I would assume that most, if not all of the judges, needed to see the reference photo to get the reference for half of these. Well, for half of these dresses. You know what I mean? At least Mm -hmm. half. And so if that's the case, I don't know what we're doing here, Jeff. You know, I'm kind of like, well, can't we? It's basically it's like recreate this look. And I don't think that's as exciting as, I don't know, something else. Well, here's the other challenge with something like a Th- Night of a Thousand J-Lo's that I think, like, for example, Maddie came up against this. I think some of the other queens did, is a lot of what they wanted to do was images owned by Viacom, mm-hmm. for example. Or maybe not Viacom because they own this. But, you know, they were clips from movies and, and yeah. you know, likenesses from movies. And so they couldn't get away with it. And so I think when you have your inspiration being someone who is their looks are often going to come from, you know, TV or movies. I mean, I would imagine someone might, or I don't know why someone wouldn't come out as a fly girl, you know? Sure. Uh, I mean, that's like, to me, that would be the obvious one, but maybe Fox or whatever owns that likeness and you can't come out as a fly girl, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know what would be kind of cool? And maybe they've done this before, but Night of a Thousand Villains and... You got to you have to go with a villain, right? You go to Earth Ursula. I think they did do this because uh, I remember like an Ursula look, right? It sounds familiar. Of course, if you if they did that again, like what if somebody came out as Fifi O'Hara in season four? You know, like, brilliant. What if you know what I mean? Yeah, or like some other like infamous kind Hitler. of like, reality TV villain. Oh God, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Valerie Cherish. <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that's where you were going. Like, well, what if they came out with somebody that was just like actually a monster? You know, if it was just um, like Night of a Thousand Dictators. Like up next, Pol Pot. I, I, 
<laughs> well, and then you'd get some queen that's like oh, a dictator, and it would like they came out with like some phallic look. You know, I think that yeah, they were cool. a potato with a penis sticking out of it. Yeah, it's mm, a dictator. It's a dictator. Oh, that's cute, Mary. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Mary's. Uh, all that is to say, I thought all of these looks were basically great. I just well, only remember two or three of them. One that definitely stood out to me that I, I loved, and again, someone who was just a supporting role this episode, but Lady Camden's pants, that whole look, again, it was a recreation, but like I just, it was a great choice, and I, I just was wowed by those pants. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the, that was the one with the midriff, right? It, yes, the red one with the midriff. Sporty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the one that stuck out to me, the one that I think I'd remember the most besides Gary Colby because of the hullabaloo it caused um, was Angeria's. I mean, Angie's oh my God. Uh, frost yourselves. This was very how does a guy in 10 days even um, it was I the, mean, it was an amazing look, but it was a recreation. It was a, it was I mean, yeah. other than the necklace. It was the exact same thing. It yeah. was amazing. And it was one. It was probably the best look on the runway, if not one of. Um, but it it goes back to your point of like, but it how how creative. What, what does this say about Angeria? You know, maybe if she made it, maybe that would mean something. But like, uh huh. What is it? But you'd have to be told that. And if you have to be told something, then, you know, the story doesn't yeah. work. Not um, always, yeah. Um, I also, like, a little nuance, uh, Jasmine pronouncing Louboutin, um, but but pronouncing the S, uh, was just, a, like, a little detail. I'm like, well, you wouldn't say the S. Oh, did she say Louboutins? Well, she didn't, she said, like, she said the French, like, Louboutins. Um, oh, I, I think see. that's what she did. I see. It's like, if you're going to put the French accent on, you're not going to add an S to it. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't add the S. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but she looked absolutely gorgeous. It's just I'm not going to remember it next week. I'm not going to remember it in three days, you know? No. Uh, I thought Orion, someone had written in say, feeling a very strong Laura Dern energy. And I haven't had the Dern moment, but I get what they're talking about. I can't place it, but Orion, this is very specific, and this isn't even a specific person, but Orion this week, I get the energy of someone who's like a big, TV star in Canada like we don't know her but she's got a great career in Canada she's like a detective on Toronto PD you know and she's probably oh. been nominated for like a Canadian Emmy or something like that but we don't know who she is and that's the energy I was getting from Orion and it's not really a read because you know I love Canada but maybe it's a read I don't know <laughs> the there's a little nuance and I'll post this on Instagram of Orion or Orion walking in the workroom uh, like day two or something oh, like Mary. the day of the challenge. Yes. <laughs> Mary, I have a note about this. Mary, I was wondering if you noticed this, what Orion was wearing. This was such. And doing. And, and doing. doing. This, Mary, having gone to an all boys Catholic high school, I can tell you this is a junior who's also a skater. What he's wearing, uh, what he's doing. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was so triggered. Oh my God. I was triggered in a good way, but the, oh, yeah. there's this energy that it was like, I don't know. Did we, did we make this about Orion last week? But it was very like witty catchphrase. Know what I mean? But it was like entrance, entrance move. Know what I, I mean? Oh, I thought, cause I know that Bosco had said catchphrase. Oh I, yeah, she did. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Orion. I mean, this was, I'll definitely like, cut a screenshot and put it on Instagram because this was significant. 
Oh, I have the. I already made the clip. I'll put it on oh, there. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I made the clip. Um, Mary, let's talk about these challenges a little bit. Um, I, some stick out moments. Bosco, this one's for Carson. Uh, I, 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 Bosco for me. I just my she kept pulling focus, and I love that mm-hmm. about her. Well, I love, like, I mean, said a mouthful here of, like, I don't know if I'm qualified to be a brain surgeon, but I really don't want to go home tonight. I thought if that's Maddie, if that's Bosco, whoever came up with that line, brilliant. <laughs> that is so great. I love that. I mean, also the brilliance of Willow Pill saying, I was promised a chance at love and a daily meal voucher. I, like, these queens. I mean, you know what? I, like last week, I loved that Michelle was like, "Finally, we have queens who can sew." Yeah. And I just was having a similar feeling of like, "Finally, we have queens who can like give us that Cheyenne Jackson rat a tat tat." You know? Yeah. There's th- there's queens that are not afraid to kind of go there. That kind of get being silly, but not in a cringy outdoor kid kind of way. You know what mm. I mean? Well, a great example of what you, of that is, I feel like in the rehearsal. Corn preps, obviously. That was an outdoor kid on a rainy day mm. at recess and was wilding out in the classroom or the gym. Yeah, a little and too much. A little too much. And so it was like, okay, well, this is way too much in the rehearsal. But in the editing, the way that they had it where she rolled off the table and then it was like that freeze frame, uh-huh. you know, uh, color palette, or whatever, that you know, monochrome look or whatever. The editing on that moment was so much funnier. And yes. I thought, well, there's a great example of you took the you took a big bale of straw and you made a nice little gold necklace out of it. Yeah, they figured all of that out. Um, just editing again with uh, Willow Pill ending the clip with I need love. It, it was all fantastic. It was all put together so well. We had the no flip flops, H and M kind of self awareness. My catheter is leaking. There were just so many gold moments um, in all of them, but I'm focusing on the first one right now. Yeah, and I, and I like that to that point that RuPaul was a part of it and was you know poking fun at himself. Like I think mm. that. It was, I mean, we've talked a lot about the way that Drag Race has gotten self-referential over the years, but it's something, it's a whole new level to then be willing to roast yourself, you know? And they, they've done the RuPaul roast and all that stuff, but this was like, this was like the show itself of like, you know, yeah, these are all the things we feature and we make a big deal out of, of Queens crying. And, and I think in the second one, when, when there's the voiceover of RuPaul saying and challenges. It'll make you wonder who's thinking up this stuff. And I just love that. They're like, there's an acknowledgement of like, yeah, sometimes this shit is, we, we were saying like last week, if you watch some of these scenes out of context, it's like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? You know? That cow thing. I mean, you got to give it to Deja. I mean, it was so fucking funny. Deja. Um, yeah. um, well, and, I, and then you get that little sound clip, sexy cat using litter box. I love it. I think which Alyssa we saw says them it. do in season twelve. Yes. that was a mini yes. challenge. So yes. I love that like reference of like, no, we've literally seen them. RuPaul probably literally said, "No, be sexy while you're using this litter box." <laughs> um, I will always snap for an AJ and the Queen reference because I oh, always feel like sure. that's a subtle read of RuPaul. And so Deja once again always oh, you know auditions for AJ and the Queen. I. I just because I all the queens that. also were employed, right? There were so many drag yes. race girls. Yeah, exactly. It. So, mm-hmm. oh. so it was a gig. Yeah. There was also they kept showing it. They kept editing it in, and I thought it was brilliant. 
Dia Betty walking around the workroom like a chicken. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, that was a choice. Yeah. A total choice. Um, and then, I don't know, probably the the high moment that the show featured as well. I have the clip here. Um, Let me tell you something, you ugly bitch. Oh. Let me tell you something, you ugly bitch. Yeah, I had to do it twice. Followed by um, like, I am from Bethlehem. I thought that was <laughs> magical. Let me tell you something, you ugly bitch. Uh, God, she wow. she really ran away with it. Um, did I think she did the best to to you know to win? I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, because the way that the the you know maxi teasers, whatever these are called, the way that they're edited. I mean. Really, only they in terms of who didn't look good, it was really only Alyssa, a little bit of Carrie, and then I guess I can, I can understand why Georges was worried because I actually thought, oh man, Same. it's you know, poor little Georges, you know, and and that look, the runway as well. Not that yeah. the runway counts. I'll say it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The runway rarely counts. It just doesn't yeah. count. It I hasn't mean, counted in a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I guess maybe. It, Perhaps it helped Angeria kind of leg mm. up. But, uh, I mean, I don't know who else. I, yeah, to your point, I don't know who else I would have picked as, like, best in the challenge. I mean, probably, honestly, Willow Pill. Oh, Willow. Oh, for sure. Oh, in the yeah. whole challenge, yeah. Willow Pill was hilarious. Uh, I loved Bosco. I loved Diabetti. Um, th- those are the ones that kind of, like, stuck out uh, apart from, obviously, um, Angeria. You had mentioned Lonnie Love earlier, and I do want to just put a little crown on her head again. I think I am all for the idea of Lonnie Love being rotated in with Ross and Carson. I think that she's got a lot to give. She gets the humor, and she gets the, you know, as Susan Powder would say, the soft sell moments. And <laughs> I thought that moment, particularly with Cornbrebs on the runway, I, I felt like there was a lot that was unsaid between Lonnie and Cornbread about, oh, like— sure going for the fat joke, going for the food joke. And it was, I mean, it was an interesting kind of edit that at the beginning of the episode, we saw Cornbread saying, like, I'm just going to focus on what I do. I'm not focusing on anybody else. I'm just going to focus on what Cornbread does. And then the episode kind of exposed, like, is that is that really all you do, though? Like, surely you can do more. And so story-wise, editing-wise of this episode, I thought it was really smart to show that, like, this kind of front runner in the beginning of, you know, so far this season in the beginning of the episode with all this confidence uh, is like actually has the blinders on, you know, willingly or not to like what else she could be or do, you know? Yeah. I think it's an interesting evolution of drag race critiques because season three, again, cause it's fresh in my mind and maybe even season six they're, the queens are explicitly told to lean into stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You had mm-hmm. Jiggly Caliente yep. resi- resisting it, right, in season four. Um, but here we have, hey, don't you don't have to do that. Give us yeah. more. Yeah. It's, it's, it is so, like, you could put that back to back of, like, literally RuPaul and Michelle, and, you know, whoever else directing them, like, explicitly saying lean into the stereotypes. And... And, you know, and then there's RuPaul even last week, you know, with that coffee enema. You don't got to reinvent the wheel, but maybe sometimes you do, you know, like isn't cornbread as a plus sized comedy, you know, leaning queen 
reinventing the wheel a little bit by not going for the stereotypes, by not doing the obvious things, by, you know, taking a page from Delta Works, you know, book of like, mm. find something funny, you know, pick up, pick something new. Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. There, there's a, yeah, I don't know if it's conflicting <laughs> advice, but, uh, it's bad. It's a bad teaching style, right? Cause it's, it's a mm. lack of consistency yeah. in terms of critique. Um, and you know, I think the, like the reality TV answer to kind of what we're pointing out, they'd be like, well, you got to find the balance. You just got to find the balance. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Here, you figure it out. You figure out how to get the tracking on this TV. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, I love how that critique all ended with RuPaul. Let the water flow. Let it flow. Oh. Very interesting. RuPaul was just like, man, yeah, the, 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 the self-help revolution she's leading. You know, I, I there's that moment when <laughs> when Cornbread says, you know, all the fun that she's been having and that it opened up a box of how much shit I've dealt with and it cuts to RuPaul saying yes and doing that big <laughs> nod. And that was just like, she, I mean, just like a, a total full body orgasm. It's like, yes, that's what I want to hear on this show, you know? Yes. <laughs> now Absolutely. the healing begins. Let it flow. <laughs> You're in the bottom three. (laughs) Yeah, she shouldn't have been. She shouldn't have been. I I think that they needed this moment. But really, I don't know. I totally would have put gorgeous, um, gorgeous in the bottom here. Um, Well, and and I do understand why Alyssa was in the bottom. I mean, that did all check for me. It was like, yeah, it it just wasn't working. And I, I actually think RuPaul, because Alyssa talks about, you know, and we've had other queens who've talked about the challenge of, English not being their first language. And I think I took a clip of this of um, RuPaul really kind of, you know, it's it's the thesis of our entire podcast, but I think is a, a great response to like what they're looking for. It's about all of these different nuances and shades and colors. Take a drink. Uh, but I think that like there, I, I could see what Ru was saying was like, this isn't about you know, the language thing, this is just about you giving us in whatever language you speak different variations in your performance. Yes. Yes. I I feel like Alyssa at this point in drag race, this far into however many seasons, Alyssa could be like, yeah, I'm going to do the whole thing in Spanish. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, like they've, they've encouraged Queens in the past. They've, I think it was, um, I mean, I know Yara Sophia, but I feel like they've encouraged in the past, like, Instead of trying to say it in English, just say it all in Spanish. Like, I think I, yeah. now I, I can hear them saying that to Yara of like, you know, just say it in that funny language. But <laughs> there is something. I mean, then you look at like, what's her name um, from season four? Kenya Michaels. I mm. feel like she eventually was like, well, I'm going to just have to figure out another way to be funny here. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like if if the barrier is English, then lift it and let the. Let production deal with it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure. Uh, granted, I am not, you know, a Spanish speaker, so I I don't really know, like, what kind of risk that would feel like. Who knows? Because um, it seems like Alyssa was struggling and in, in in her head because nobody was listening to her in her group, and there was all those issues kind of going on. And then you know here she is, looking gorgeous, and she's in the bottom, right? So so of course she's going to be like, well, this is. I really struggled because, you know, of this. You know, and that that does uh, bring us right up to the lip of the lip sync, which we, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of 
opinions on, and I think a lot of other people have some opinions on how this played out. And so we are going to save that conversation for the All Right, Mary After Show nuance, uh, which, of course, if you are not a Matreon, you can get access to right now at patreon.com slash allrightmary. But I think, uh, yeah, that's the, I have even more thoughts, and I think there's a lot of things we could spin off of of how this, how this lip sync played out and why it played out the way it did. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, just to kind of talk about Carrie Colby, because she was in the bottom, I I don't think she she necessarily could have been in the bottom for her performance in the challenge. Like, I don't think it was that bad, but I think that they, the judges can kind of smell the blood in the water, right? And they're like, oh, she's leaning on pretty too much. Let's just go with it. And then she has this whole narrative of wearing J-Lo's dress, uh, which I'm going to refer to as Versace skate. Um, mm. I think it's I think it's worth noting. First of all, you know, they're like, oh, let us fall in love with you. It's worth noting. I am already in love with Carrie Colby. Like I you know what I mean? Like I already love her and I heard what the judges were saying. But like I'm already in love with Carrie Colby. So let well, that be known. Are you in love with Carrie Colby or are you in love with Tasha Colby? Tasha Colby. God, the nuance of it sounding sort of like she's saying Tasha Colby is Tasha so Colby. funny. <laughs> yeah. Tasha Colby. No, Sasha Colby. No, Sasha um, Colby. I love her, but Mary, I think it it just kind of goes into kind of my opening rant about the runway. Carrie, how why did you think that you needed to wear a replica? Like y- it you wasn't know what even I mean? a replica, it was the actual dress. Oh, th- oh that's what I mean. Yeah. Why did like it's the same thing with the Bob Mackie gown. It's like this that don't impress me much. Like I don't like you're on a drag show. You don't mm-hmm. I it, don't know. I it wasn't snatch game even, you know? Yeah, I mean it really does raise the question of like and I think as we're talking about like designer looks on the runway and like some of them just being like a dress that, you know, uh, uh, you could wear and not be a drag queen or be at a drag function. Like you, some of these were just like they were just really pretty dresses. And so it's kind of like when it comes to Carrie, where it's literally the dress, it, the question is like, well, what, what's the drag of this? What's the drag about this? Mm. You know, we're talking about Deja and it's like, well, the drag of it is she reinterpreted it, you know, right. or the drag of Willow pills is that she's kind of highlighting like, yeah, I know it's kind of like ugly in that 1997 sort of way, you know, but nostalgia softens ugliness into, into fondness, you know? And I think that there's these ideas that some of these other queens are really doing in these looks, you know, even, you know, even cornbreads, the mere fact that it was like, I took this look and like made it work on my body and made it make sense. Uh That's something there's drag there. Um, There was, she didn't drag up this look at all. Carrie. It was just a weird flex for her to be like, well, this is the actual dress. It's like, that's not a flex. Like, now you're saying that you put no creativity into this except deciding and having like friends in high places. Right. She got this mm-hmm. from her friend who worked at like the Versace warehouse or something like that. Um, uh, and so it wasn't even like she spent money on it. She had to return this dress right away. Um, but I, I'm just kind of like I, I don't see this as a flex. I don't see that as something to brag about. It's like, no, nope, I didn't make it. And it's the actual one. Like, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting how, like, I don't know. I 
I almost didn't see this coming. I almost expected them to love this and to just like swoon for it. Cause yeah, like technically she looked beautiful, but Ugh. it was, it was like a real kind of almost a pleasant surprise as a longtime viewer to see Carrie Colby essentially get the note of don't be pretty, don't be pretty. Mm. And that's always exciting when a pretty queen is told don't be pretty because like, I think there's like that high wire act of like, whoa, what is she going to do? You know? And I, and then I think of someone like a Trinity Taylor who's like, oh, you know, I can get ugly. And, and that's, there's something about getting ugly that overlaps with being vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you have to wait until the judges tell you, this is like a smart reality contestant, right? You wait until the judges tell you, and then you change it up. So it looks like you are listening or uh-huh. that you have growth. You know, so who knows if Carrie is going to pull that out next week and do something really zany, you know? Well, she says in the preview for next week week that like if they want scary Carrie, Carrie, scary, I guess maybe with the way her accent, it's scary Carrie maybe rhymes a little bit more. But uh, with my disgusting Uh, New Jersey accent. All right, Carrie. (laughs) But I say scary Carrie. So there's just no overlap. Uh, (laughs) She's going to give a scary Carrie next week. So whatever that's going to look like. Yeah. Whatever that's going to look like. It's going to look like Tempest Jour <laughs> next week, by the way. I can't wait to see James and Tempest next week. I cannot wait. I can't remember who the third one is. Kimora. But I'm sure I'm ex- Oh, Kimora. Yeah. Oh, Kimora. I do love Kimora. Yeah. I do love Kimora. So it'll be fun. I'm sure um, we'll get the sound clip of Really and use it 7,000 times. <laughs> really? Really? Uh, you're never too old to dream. Um, yeah. yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa's out. Uh, we get another, you know, <laughs> let's let's all wait to see if this chocolate bar is going to have her stay. And man, it's just chocolate. <laughs> this gets funnier and funnier each time. <laughs> I know. I cannot wait for the compilation of Queen saying it's just chocolate. It's just chocolate. <laughs> And I love the memes. I love the like, you know, uh, you know, bottoms are all, you know, it's just chocolate. <laughs> it's chocolate. <laughs> oh, God. I just, yeah. The, the, the whole script that starts with RuPaul, you've been hiding your candy. Now let's see what you got. Like there's, it's so stupid. <laughs> but then the music, I just, I yes! said it last week, but that music is so phenomenal and so aggressive mm. and my heart pounds and I just love that it and that it's about watching a drag queen open a bar of chocolate and then say <laughs> it's just chocolate now here's my question is when is one of these queens going to take a bite out of it before she leaves the uh, stage you know like that's oh the God. moment yeah uh and well and you know that I think we said this before I saw this going around online but like if Diabetti is uh, up for elimination it's not yeah. going to be chocolate no, no, no. It's just going to be sugar-free jelly beans. One of them's gold. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so, Mary, before we kind of go off into nuance and kind of talk about some of the things we didn't get to talk about, um, there are some moments in Untucked that I think are important to consider, but do you have a BSA for this episode? Well, you know, we've named a lot of BSAs, and there's been, you know, I talked about Lady Camden. We've talked about the editors. We've talked about... Bosco and I gotta tell you for some reason my heart said give it to Deja Sky this week and I think it was that one clip in the in the trailer of her like like her hands on her knees crying like scream crying on the stage and I just thought that was so funny and I 
I don't know. I just wanted to give some roses to Deja this week. So she's my BSI. There, there were some Marys that talked about Maddie in Untucked um, kind of being, you know, a teacher and checking in with Alyssa later. Like, hey, look, I'm so sorry. Um, and also, you know, making her team very successful, apparently. Uh, so she's also nominated. I got to say, Mary, I'm giving it to Bosco. I think Bosco is killing it in supportive energy. I am here for that. I, uh, you know, spread the love. Um, I have some other thoughts on Untucked that I can say for nuance, but just a little tease is I am loving what these editors are doing this week because there is that that extended shot of Daya holding Maddie's hand a little too long. <laughs> and I was like, you bitches, you little silly, stupid bitches. I love this. I, you stupid little bitches. I love uh. this. <laughs> so I just want to, I want to say that I saw it, you know? Okay, say that you saw it. Marys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts on She's a Super Tease, you can reach out to us at All Right Mary Pod on Instagram. You can also email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. And if you want, I'm on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And of course, you can hear even more of me and my other two podcasts in the details, A Celebration of Nuance or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find more of me on Instagram at Conjurker underscore. And of course, if you want to get access to Nuance, the All Right Mary After Show will be continuing some discussions on this episode uh, every week, uh, not just this episode, but even other ones, all at patreon.com slash All Right Mary. I love it. Mary, what is our last chance lip sync this week? Well, you know, as I warned you before we did this, started recording, I am fucking with the brief a little bit. I decided in honor of the winner of this week's challenge, the season's current front runner, Angie, uh, I am choosing the theme song from a short-lived sitcom from 1979 called Angie, starring oh. the incomparable Donna Pescow, uh, and of course Doris Roberts. But more importantly, this theme song called uh, Different Worlds, performed by Maureen McGovern, is uh, back when TV theme songs really put their back into it. But uh, more importantly, it's to the themes. It's a theme to a show called Angie. And Angie won this week. So that's our last gen slip sync. I almost thought it was going to be like, it's the whole trailer for the movie Angie starring Gina Davis. I considered it. <laughs> I considered it. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, Mary's, we hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you in Nuance. And bye. And Totsies. <laughs> <laughs>